Hello, everybody. It's time for another Saundo and Redders Winter Series podcast. Without any further ado, Dan Saunders. Very good evening to you, sir, in a rather chilly part of the world in the, in the Hunter Valley this evening. Yeah, Charleston, just west of Antarctica and, and right of Woolport. But uh, <laughs> winter's certainly, uh, winter's come. It's definitely upon us. Everybody, back, back to Clubland today after a couple of little jaunts elsewhere. And we've been very uh, fortunate to have Heath, Heath Robertson and Scott Rumford from the Valentine and Alberta Cricket Club join us this evening to, to talk all things VECC. Heath and Scott, it's a very warm welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. You know, pleasure to be here. Guys, um, talk to us about the season that was and some of the things you've been up to in in the uh, last couple of, you know, eight, eight to 10 weeks since we finished, what have you been up to and and what's going down? I reckon, Scotty, you go first. Beautiful. Yeah, I'll try to cover off on both juniors and seniors, um, given that we do cover both aspects. So a little bit to get through. Um, I think this year is probably the first one we can look at as sort of post-COVID. So sort of a, a good chance to just see how we're going numbers-wise. Um, had pretty strong representation with nine junior teams, uh, five senior teams in the Suburban Districts comp. Um, so that was pleasing to see from a sort of committee perspective. Um, had a little bit of success on the field. Um, we had uh, quite a historic moment, actually, in the Suburban Districts comp for our club uh, in Div 5. We had two of our teams facing off in the grand final. So... That was pleasing to see. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get there because I was in a, another grand final down in Div 7, which we came up short in, but we're guaranteed a winner in Div 5, so that was nice. Uh, also had our under-18s win the Monday T20 comp in the NJCA. Um, so that was a nice way just to sort of see them out of juniors. They've been together for quite a few years, those boys, so nice way to send them out. Um, we also had a quite staggering knock um, in Div 6, 235 not out from Greg Holmes. Um, that, that is going to be hard for anyone to ever beat um, in 35 overs. So that was a, an extraordinary knock. Um, we'll stand at the top of the leaderboard for a long time. Um, so yeah, that, was, that, that included 27 sixes, by the way. Mm. 20, 27 oh, sixes. That was the game up at, up at Tom Marie, wasn't it? Nelson Bay. I was yeah. about to say, that game was, next, was at the ground next to Don Waring Oval, was it not? I can't remember exactly where, but wherever it was, I'd like to think that it has a small boundary because um, <laughs> there's a few kids on the toboggans got got clipped with a few balls <laughs> from, from what I remember. Is it so, um, we, we actually gave that quite a bit of coverage in, in season, that particular lock. It was one of the more extraordinary things you'll ever see, seeing a double in a 35-over game yeah. and with, tw with 27 maximums. It's uh, pretty special. Uh, it's more sixes in one innings than I'll hit in an entire career. But uh, <laughs> well done to him. Um, and yeah, in terms of sort of what we've been up to since then, um, just obviously looking forward to next season, um, enjoying a bit of time off. Um, I think anyone who is involved in sort of a cricket club will enjoy those couple of months where you can just take a step back, have a breath and then recharge and get ready to go again. So I think probably the next month or so we'll start to really build up uh, for next season and hopefully just on to bigger and better things. Oh, good. Um, I guess question for you both, and I guess it's a question without notice, but I'm sure you'll, you'll have an answer. One of the things that's always fascinated me about Valentine Ellie Barton, this is a good thing, it's a positive. Um, you, you see a lot of teams who 
you would expect would have due to where they're located and, and sort of being in a one-team area, um, and they struggle to get numbers. You look where Valentine Ilibana is located. On one one side, you've got Warners Bay, who are, like Valentine Ilibana, one of the largest clubs in social cricket. Um, and then on the other side, you've got Belmont District Cricket Club, who I understand that you guys have um, a, a relationship with. And then you'll let, like, there's a whole lake there on another border. How does Valentine Ilibana continue to be such a successful club, maintaining strong numbers uh, with such competition on, on all, on sort of in all areas? I, I think from my perspective, um, there's two really strong primary schools in the area being Valentine and Ilibana, but you throw Floraville primary school into it in the mix. And we've got a very good, strong um base of juniors and then it feeds into the seniors just by way of if you're you know you're not going into your first grade kind of competition valentine elibani will have you because we'll have anyone that's wanting or willing to play cricket and we get a lot we get a lot of the father sons playing in the seniors so yeah i think it's built on the back of that community spirit that the local schools in the area and then the kids that want to keep playing together we see them forging their senior teams um, when they get older. And, you know, some kids just don't want to go on and play grade cricket. They just want to play now suburban districts cricket. So that's, I think that's where we're really lucky to be fair. Yeah. And I think also, um, obviously we're a little bit biased. We've been part of the club for a while, been on the committee, Um, but I'd like to think that it sort of reflects the fact that we're doing something right to actually attract people and then retain them. Um, and then that might be to do with the fact that we're never really overly ambitious. We're not going out there to win first grade or anything like that. Um, number one priority is come in, have a bit of fun, make some friends, um, develop your skills along the way, absolutely. But um, definitely just that family-friendly sort of culture at the club, I think, helps as well, for sure. And, and just- the demographics too. Like, we're lucky in the sense that the area is young family-centric, so... That means you've got a, a big pool to pick from, um, and everyone seems to be pretty keen to play sport. I've got a good little complex down at Crowder's Bay, so usually you'll have cricket in the summer, and then netball or league or soccer or something in the, the winter. And just going off what Scotty was just saying is that, um, and what he mentioned earlier with that Div Five Grand Final, you really felt that he he wasn't there, but I was. The community spirit was there. We had actually a little crowd there of about. I want to say nearly a hundred people just to watch um, a game of Div Five cricket at the end of the day. I know it was a grand final, but it was just a real good atmosphere. There was still a bit of, um, you know, toing and froing between the two teams, even though we're under the same club umbrella. But um, yeah, you still had that good, solid community-based cricket, um, and that's, I guess, that's what Valentine Ellibarn is all about. No, it's fantastic i mean what what you guys have got there i think a lot of clubs would be very envious of and i think you've both nailed it there that having that junior uh base which the club is very invested in it's not like a senior club and a junior club is a united and having that clear pathway for 15 16 17 year olds who want to then branch out into senior cricket or just to continue playing cricket without having to go and play grade it's it's fantastic, and it, it just I know it's more younger families, but then you look across. I mean, you've got Windale, Mount Hutton, Windale struggled. You've got Redheader really struggling to get numbers. Uh, Dudley folded what ten year ago or so. Um, 
there's a very very small social cricket in in Charlestown, Charlestown District Cricket Club, who don't have a uh, a finger on the pulse of fuel in social cricket at present. And Charlestown's certainly one of the larger, I guess, suburbs in, in Lake Macquarie. So what you guys are doing there is is fantastic. And I'd be starting to sell uh, <laughs> your model off to other clubs because I reckon you'd get some takers. Yeah. Well, we're, we are very fortunate as well in the fact that Belmont um, Cricket Club, we've got a good relationship with those guys too. And a lot of our young juniors that go and play grade there, like this year... The under-18s, they were actually grade cricketers from over at Belmont that still wanted to play for Vallo in yep. the midweek comp. So you, we still have that connection. We still have that sort of the, – the kids still want to play for us, but they want to still represent the local um, grade teams. Also, we're lucky that we've got an affiliation club as well in, in Belmont. So we're, we are we're, – we've got a few things going for us. And Belmont's future is their juniors. Their juniors are they're, – they're, they've got an extremely young – uh, first grade side, and it's great to see them wanting to play for, as you said, for Valo. Um, guys, I'm just looking at, at what was a fascinating scorecard from the, that fifth grade grand final. It's not often you see 117 defended in a grand final at Alan Davis Field, but the Greys 116. I suppose the key is Dan Saunders will tell you every week in the podcast they batted out their overs. And in the context of the game, you don't get a better example of that. Matthew Barker and Shannon O'Brien. 32 between them undefeated for the eighth wicket. And that's won the game. But, yeah, again, must have been a pulsating afternoon there at Alan Davis Field, 116 yeah. for seven, defeated 98. It was awesome because not only did we have um, the game on the field, but we had some theatre around. There was a bit of rain in the morning. I was out there with my blower and my, my broom and some soil and like to get us on the field. The umpires turned up and um, they gave us the tick of approval to play. And then throughout the game, there was plenty of toing and froing, but it came down to actually Matty Barker, who you just mentioned, he bowled um, a no ball, I believe. And it, they thought they'd had the victory. They got caught out in the boundary and um, they all celebrated the win. And no, nope, hold on, hold on. We've got to go back. There's a no ball here. So it was, it was, it was very entertaining. Um, yeah. And like I said, the rain was there and everything was all happening, but um, hats off to the likes of Matty Barker and he's, uh, Shannon O'Brien, the other boys, they all uh, they played really well in good spirit and they got the win in the end and it was a good one for the crowd, <laughs> so to speak. And that was a fascinating day because in Newcastle on the Hunter, it rained in different parts of Newcastle in different amount. I happened to be at Newcastle number one and we got 90 overs in. 90 overs in a day. It was cloudy and dim and dark, but we didn't have a spit of rain yet. The Suburban Districts finals were in different ways affected, but at least this particular game was played out to a thrilling conclusion. Just an 18 run win must've been some big celebrations. I'll tell you. Yes, it was. It was, um, uh, it was some scenes. I will call it on the sideline. Um, one of the, the golds, they, uh, they're a bit of a rugby league team and they had a few supporters on the sideline that were um, starting to get vocal and um, they had a few ales under the belt. So yeah, the scenes were, and the, yeah, they were quite funny at the end where one of the teams ran on the other team was like throwing their beer cans in the air and whatnot, but not that we're here to promote that side of things, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a classic. Guys, moving on to next season, where uh, what have you got in the pipeline? What what have uh, obviously you've got a terrific model. That's that's the first thing that's been established. Fantastic junior base, lots of sides, successful sides. 
Um, talk to us about what you've got coming up and what the culture of your club is like. What's it like being a, a VECC player? Yeah, in terms of next season, I think the big one for us is going to be getting our home grounds back. So the last two seasons, I think we've been without one, if not both of the grounds at Crowders Bay. Um, the council's been doing a massive redevelopment there. So we'll get some nice new uh, synthetic pitches and nice outfields. So um, just the, the fact we won't have to try and find grounds around Newcastle, that just takes a bit of pressure off everyone straight off the bat, less travel um, and some nice facilities. So that's a win. Um, I think we're also going to have um, a continued push for more girls in the club. Um, a couple of years ago, we actually had more girls registered than any other club in Newcastle. Um, had a slight drop off last season, which which happens. So we'll get back um, on the horse there, try to keep growing because um, that is definitely the area where all cricket all cricket clubs can benefit most. Um, like girls' sport in general is just growing rapidly. So definitely going to try and jump in there and, and ride the momentum. Um, also sort of what we touched on a little bit earlier as well about the pathways. So whether that is um, giving our promising juniors the opportunity to head off to Belmont, play grade cricket over there, um, or if they're not sort of keen to go down that path, then making sure that there is um, a nice, easy route for them into suburban districts cricket. Because um, that's probably one area where the last few years we haven't really seen players coming through. Um, we've got our established teams there, but we want to really try and get those juniors who just want a social bit of cricket, um, make sure that they're, they're welcome, they know that they can come up um, and join us here and have a bit of fun on a Saturday Arbor. And probably the very immediate thing is what we're doing tomorrow, Scotty, if you wanted to throw that yeah. in the mix. Yeah, may as well give it a plug. So we've actually got a club forum down at the Valentine Bowling Club 7pm tomorrow night. So anyone welcome to come and join us. Um, we'll have a bit of a discussion about some of the rule changes for next season, particularly in the junior comps, which I can't remember off the top of my head, but there were a few um, sort of significant ones. I'm also going to talk about like the direction of the club. So giving everyone the chance to come in, have their say, anything we've been doing well um, that we should continue to do, anything that we might need to improve on. Happy to hear from all members. Um, and also anyone in the local area who is thinking about coming and playing cricket next season, absolutely feel free to drop by, have a chat about your options. More than happy to help. And it's the middle of the ashes, so why not talk about yeah. cricket, eh? <laughs> exactly. That's why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Bugger the cold weather, let's talk cricket. <laughs> exactly. I've got to give credit to Saundo, guys, just quickly. He was the one that came up with it. It's All of these are his idea. But uh, he said, let's do a Winter Series podcast. And I thought, why not? And it gives people an opportunity to talk outside of cricket season just to talk about what you're about. We can just focus on you and not worry about too many games and extraneous things that are going on. I'm actually looking at photos of the complex there and uh, I can see um, it, it, the, the the perfect location of that complex for you. Um, it, yeah. it, it, it will be good for you to get everything back, won't it? Yeah, yeah. we've actually we've won a clubhouse too there because um, we used to just work out of, Back in the day, an old container, um, which we got upgraded to a cricket shed a few years ago, thanks to Greg Marnie's great work, uh, one of our ex-presidents. Um, but now the netball clubhouse has basically become ours. So we've got our own little clubhouse. It'll feed straight into one of the fields. Um, there is brand new amenities fields because we share the complex with other sporting codes being rugby league and soccer. 
Um, but we've got our own little building with toilets and other um, bids and bobs that we can use, storage, et cetera. Um, and brand new set of cricket nets, brand new um, synthetic wickets. We actually got a brand new synthetic synthetic wicket down at the uh, school, Valentine's School as well. So we've got all these brand new facilities and it's just like everything's like the road, red carpet's been laid out. We're just ready for everyone to start walking down the down the aisle and start using them and all, basically. So that is sorry, so Valentine's soccer and Valentine's rugby, does that anticipate it to be ready for this season? They should be. Uh, well, the, yeah, so the rugby is um, going to be fine because it's just the pitch and not yep. the not the outfield. Um, whereas the soccer, um, it's going to be tight. Um, mm. Maybe we might need to uh, miss a couple of the, the weeks at the start of the comp, but uh, we should be right. Okay. Yeah, I guess been lucky to have Alan Davis, Ernie Cowan, Mark Sobel of Valentine sort of strong base there. And, and Redders and myself quite often uh, marvel uh, or lament, I guess, how <laughs> the facilities are in the Lake Macquarie area over uh, maybe other council area counterparts. Um, I guess the question um, I do have, and, and I guess this probably leads into your relationship with, with Belmont, is there any thoughts, and I'm not talking this season, but in the next, I guess, three to five years maybe, of a Valentine Ilibana cricket club looking at a Div 1 or Div 2 or a turf wicket side in, in the suburban districts competition? Yeah, interesting question. Um, it is. So, it's a very interesting question. <laughs> so it, it came up. Um, like with this council redevelopment, when we were talking to council, then we had the chance to ask for a turf pitch or stick with the synthetic. Um, at the time, we went away, committee sort of talked about it, and we obviously went the synthetic route. Um, probably the main reasons for that is, one, the cost of curation, um, whether it's a green options or finding someone in-house to do it, um, and the equipment, we don't have any of that. Um, plus the fact that, yeah, at, at that stage, Div 3 is and was still our top side. Not really any intention there to push on. Yep. Um, I mean, across the grades at the club, you could probably pick sort of the best players out from each team and create a pretty strong Div 2 side at least. Yep. Um, and the option is always there. Like, if we do get a, a strong crop of juniors coming through or whatever the case might be and we want to push for for higher honours, then we can revisit that as a committee. Um, like I'm sure we could probably sneak a, a turf ground in somewhere around town if need be. Um, but, yeah, it's it's one thing the club oh, – geez, we had an AR1 side maybe going back 10 years now, but ever since then it's sort of just been in the old CNS, B1s, B2s. Yep. Um, and it sort of comes back to the earlier point about the culture, like – players come here more to have a hit with mates, have a bit of fun. Um, sure, you'd love to win a comp along the way, and that's what we all strive for, but it's not sort of what we go out for, busting our boiler every week. And and probably our Div, Div 3 team, who's our highest team, is probably not necessarily the strongest team in our in our own <laughs> grades. So, like, on any given day, we may lose to any of our other teams just because we're, we're spread across every yep. division. Um, there are, yes, some strong players up in Div 3, but um, it's certainly not our top top 15, 16, 17 squad, let's call it, because of the mateship. 
yeah, you, and you look across, across some of the other multi-team clubs, and I won't name any of them, but, you know... That's they're, unusual they're, for you, Saunders. <laughs> Well, right, right. You led yourself into that one, Your Honour. <laughs> Leading question. Um, but yeah, like as, as Heath mentioned, you know, they do four team, you know, player to player. It's probably more comparable than Div three or Div two side, just how they perform on the day. But um, I understand a whole heap of factors that go into um, you know, club structure and, and people playing with their mates, their availability, all the, all that stuff. That which, but again, whatever Valentinelli Barter are doing, I say. Stick to it. Um, and it I guess is that, social, that... as you've explained to me repeatedly, Dan, on and off air. This is social cricket. It is That's not right. grade, and that is something that I, particularly coming from that grade background, have had to learn. I think I've learned reasonably quickly. But yeah. when you have clubs like Salt of the Earth, clubs like this that are looking after their community, people have every right to go. If I had a son, you brought, you'd want to go and play for VECC with your kid. You know, that that's what it's about, isn't it? Isn't that the that's, purpose? That's, you that's right. Yeah, that's it. Nine junior teams, uh, availability for girls and women's cricket, social men's or social family cricket. That's what it's all about. So, um, again, if it ain't broke, yeah. <laughs> that, that is and I guess we're sort of then led if, if, if the, the response was, a possibility that is the one issue that I would find is we, there's no real available turf options. Warner's Bay have sort of got Warner's Bay sewn up. I know there's that ground at Windale, I'm not even sure if it's still used as a turf week. And I think they use Barlow and maybe they play in the middle of the road on Sunday afternoons now on that comp. Um, there you are, Redders. <laughs> <I'm back. laughs> you couldn't resist, could you? You had to get an knife out somewhere. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Oh, I saw it back. I thought I'll charge at it. Um, yeah, uh, but again, Belmont, you've got Belmont District Cricket Club there and I, I, I see a natural progression over time that if there's anyone in that Valentine structure would lean on that relationship with Belmont with a team maybe out of Belmont, not so much Valentine Ilibana, officially as a, a potential top grade or Div 2 side um yeah, yeah but again, that, that, that's conversations down the track. But... We're probably already in um, transition in a sense because we have in the last few years forged a, an actual relationship where we can have sharing of players and not happen, doesn't happen regularly. But let's say, for example, our Div 5 or Div 4 team needs um, a fill-in or two. We, we have those pathways because um, we have a partnership there and, and it's basically, yeah, look, this team from Belmont's not playing this week. They're fifth grade or whatever. They've got yep. one or two players. They'll get you to your 11 for your week because you've got several guys away. And so we've already got a bit of a cross-pollination happening at the moment. Um, but I think that'll grow over time. Just t- these things take time, right? Like three and five years doesn't sound like a long time, but it just goes like that. I've, I've been around this club since 2015 myself. And that time just has flown, whereas Scotty's been around for how many games? 250 nearly. <laughs> so he's been around a lot, a lot longer. So, but yeah, the time just flies. Yeah. And, and if you look at, look at the map, so to speak, there, there's no one south of Belmont. So there's a massive catchment area. Yeah. And Valentine Ellie Barner, with that relationship with Belmont, I, I see them reaping the rewards of that that relationship as much as Belmont will over the foreseeable future. And as you said, time flies. This is season four, suburban districts about to commence. Um, it's 
you know, just go like that. And, and it's it's growing, it's improving. Um, and I know, like speaking selfishly, that the Suburbanists would love to get a stranglehold on participation south of Belmont, Swansea, that used to be Pelican Flats and Marks Point. Swansea had teams, uh, which yeah. have all sort of gone by the wayside for one, one reason or another. Um, it would be good to see more participation, both juniors and seniors, um, in, in the coming years. So, yeah, well, it's something like in the junior, um, like with the junior blasters, master blasters, for the last well, however many years, we've had a combined hub down at Carl Oval with Bellow, Swansea, Belmont. Um, I think it's a challenge, or certainly a challenge for most of the clubs I talk to. There's probably some doing it better than others, but trying to actually convert those like entry-level programs through to your, your Saturday junior cricket. Um, but that's that's definitely one way that we can try and get people from like Swansea and South to come into cricket. And look, to be honest, I don't care who they play for. Like play for Swansea, Belmont, us, fantastic. Like the more people playing cricket, the better. Um, and yeah, I suppose another thing I can give a bit of a plug for, um, like last year for the first time in a few years, we ran uh, like a come and try day for the juniors. Um, that went really well. Just had a um, couple of coaches, committee members, parents down there um, helping run everything. I'm going to look to do the same again probably in the next couple of months before next season starts. So that's another way. Just We'll try and spread the word as wide as possible. Anyone who look played last year, hasn't played before, come on down. Again, meet everyone, um, have a bit of fun, and yeah, hopefully we'll get, get some more numbers that way, get some more people into the great game. Yeah, that was our first... Sorry, I was okay. just going to say that. That was our first try, come and try day, and yeah, it was um, an amazing... Uh, we got an amazing um, kind of uh, sign up out of the back end of it. So I would suggest any club out there looking for more juniors do one of these come try days. Um, yeah. You'll get your, your, your young girls, you'll get young boys. They'll all come and have a bit of a throw around and do some drills and um, they'll all want to play cricket at the end of it, which is what we're all here for really. That's right. And again, we're in the middle of well, the start of an Ashes series there's international male and female one day or two twenty World Cups in the next few months as well. Um, I would imagine also as Cricket New South Wales you know, get on board or in partnership to get these come and tries and blasters and things of that nature up and running. To me, it's all about promotion. It's, it's about marketing. It's, it's about getting it not only into the schools, but into the local clubs, into the local pubs, getting in the venues where people congregate. You know, posters yeah. on the walls. You know, just you know, coasters with you know, cricket-related stuff on them. And, again, I, I, you know, I can wait through till about this time blue in the face, but I think, I think more can be done from, from official levels to promote our game locally. Um, and this is why Redders and I do what we do here because we've only got – our voice is only as loud as the people that listen to the podcast or look at a Facebook page. Um, yep. But the greater community, I, I think, a lot can be done. And what you guys are doing again, promoting cricket out in that Lake Macquarie region, and Warners Bay are the same. I'll give them a pat on the back. They they do a lot of great things. Uh, they, you know, with a lot of the, the cricket that they're able to host externally to our competitions, like Bradman Cup 16s and women's sport, because they've got the facilities there um, in conjunction with what the AFL have been able to do out there at Warners Bay. Uh, Lake Macquarie Council again. I can't, I can't wrap them enough. The facilities in Lake Macquarie are second to none in this, in this region. Yes, they are. The, you, you, the people, the Lake Macquarie constituents are very uh, have got people that actually want to go and do something, and it makes an enormous difference. Guys, um, 
And I totally concur with what Dan said about promotion, which is why I said nothing, because he, he's got that down pat. Guys, talk to us about some of the people that are critical to the running of your club and your major sponsors. Uh, over to you to talk about the people that you want to uh, mention here. It's your, your, your turn. We're actually a unique club in that um, respect because we don't really rely on sponsorship. We are very much a community-funded club. Uh, we're member-based uh, funding and we've uh, relied on some different sources of funding over the years like grants and the like but Scotty over to you as the uh, ex-chief finance officer of the club <laughs> yeah so um, as he said like for probably the last 10 years we haven't really um, relied much if at all on sponsors um, I do remember way back in the early days when I was playing juniors and I first started our playing shirt was littered with sponsors all down the back um, but I, I, one that probably went against the regulations at the time and two, I think there were some issues getting money out of people and, and it probably just all became too hard. So then, yeah, we, we changed the model and went to basically just make enough money off grant funding and registration fees to basically cover costs, not trying to make, make money out of it. Um, but yeah, the last couple of years, we have had a sponsor come on board, um, Kathleen Matten-Lassie from Stone Real Estate. Um, so she's particularly passionate about girls cricket or girls sport in general um, and the sort of local area. So sponsors us, a lot of other sort of local clubs um, and other things in the region. So that's been good to have her on board. And we are actually looking to try and get back into the sponsorship um, area a little bit more over the coming seasons, which just enables us to do sort of some more projects on the side to make the playing experience better for everyone. Um, so just looking at sort of different models about packages we can offer um, and then it's up to the committee to sort of go out there and, and do the push to try and bring some some local companies on board. Um, yes, yeah, so if, if there's some local companies out there yeah. looking at getting uh, getting a look in, we'll, we'll, we'll take all offers. Absolutely. And then I mean, the other big thank you has to just be to everyone on the committee, all the coaches, managers, parents. Um, I won't name everyone because I'll probably forget someone, but um, you all know who you are. Like we've had a pretty, pretty committed group for the last five, 10 years um, who have done an amazing amount of work for the club. Um, without them, like we would be absolutely nowhere. So um, again, if there's more volunteers out there who are looking to come on board, always, always looking for fresh faces, new ideas. Um, I think that's probably one area where a lot of sporting clubs are struggling at the moment is finding people who have the time to come and help. But you don't have to take on the world. Like, come in, do a little bit here and there, and that makes all the difference. Yeah, many helpers make light work. They just um, we need those helpers to help because at the end of the day, we're only a very small committee. Um, but if we want to improve the playing experience and if we want to make it the best for the kids and all the players, we need as many helpers as we can get. And I think every club's probably in the same state of play. Um, we just need those people to be able to come in and say, look, I'm willing to help. I'm willing to do this. I've only got, I've only got an hour on the weekend, but every hour counts from every person. They all add up. So if we can get some more people involved in the club, that'd be awesome. Especially those with master's degrees in Play HQ. Um, <laughs> get me started with Play yeah. HQ. I tell Just, you what. So if we're going to sit here and be honest, trust oh, me, guys, I... I know. Trust me, I spend a lot of time each week 
a lot yeah. involved and I, and I actually use it at football as well and it's funny because in my football code it's either a six or a one and scoring is actually very easy it's totally different in, in other sports but anyway that that's for another discussion guys the the club is going in the right direction and has been for a long time. The the nine junior clubs, but again, we are talking about development. The more female players you get into cricket, the better, the more. It's fascinating what happens when you get female players coming into clubs. It completely changes the way the club is run, the club is viewed, and all of a sudden you've got this doubling of people interested and it's such a growth sport, isn't it? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, like that's definitely the biggest opportunity for growth is bringing those girls in. Um, I think probably the next um, sort of hurdle will be the retention. So yeah. getting sort of past that 14, 15 um, age bracket. I think the NJCA is doing a lot of great work there. Um, I think we now have like the full offering stage one, two and three of the junior formats. So that's definitely going to help give the girls the ability to go all the way through um, potentially as like full girls teams or in mixed teams. Like we've, we've had both working successfully. Um, and I suppose the, the ideal future state is to then have a women's team either of our own or combined with Belmont, um, where we already have had some of our girls playing in the Belmont women's team. So definitely trying to build that is a key focus. Um, but also like not, not to any way boys either. Like still, I think we can do more there to... Um, Bring more boys into the game and again same problem once you get to sort of those teenage years they have other things on their mind distracting them but um i'm sure we can convince them to stay in cricket a little bit longer oh look scotty we've stayed on this so long surely surely it works for the boys too oh, exactly where else would you rather be <laughs> Uh, that's what I reckon. Guys the transition from late teens to seniors is the biggest challenge for all sports. Yeah. And everybody knows it. And it it and the participant levels and so forth. And that is the key focus across the country in all codes. If you can get people to play when they're 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19, that you create a pattern for them as an adult. And then you you you've got them hooked. Um, I'm not trying to be cultish, but that's how you do things is to make it in a happy environment to play. And as you said, you've got all these people that have gone to school, Floraville, Vallo, Ilabana, and they're actually locals. And it's a growth area when you drive through the area. You've got all these young people looking for something to do. And, you know, the, the club gives them that outlet. Guys, have you got any – you've got a uh, – we talked about earlier on about something tomorrow night. Have you got something coming up in the next couple of months you'd like to promote, any any major events, any, anything going down that you'd like to wax lyrical about as we get towards the end of our podcast tonight? Not really. We've only got our come and try day for the juniors. Um, and then we'll be straight into getting our registrations out for all our juniors and seniors. So we'll basically get in, get in tomorrow night, get our, um, get everyone involved and hear what they have to say. And maybe, maybe there is something major that comes out of that um, over the next few months. But as far as just general planning goes, you know, everything that comes with every club and running of a club is, um, the committee members just getting everything, all their ducks lined up, ready for registration. So nothing too much to really promote that I can think of apart from, you know, get back into the warmer weather, get down to the nets, uh, start rolling that rust out of those um, elbow and shoulder joints and um, get the bat and ball out and we'll start having a bit of fun again and getting out on the cricket field. Scotty, do you want to add to that? 
Yeah, I'll just say stay tuned to our Facebook page for details of the AGM too. So that'll be coming up probably in the next month. Um, so yeah, always looking for people to come in. Um, if they're happy to put their hand up, join the committee, awesome. If not, just happy to come say hello, contribute to how the club um, is going to move forward in next year. Happy to see as many people there as possible. Sondo. No, look, I think it's great. It's, it's the middle of June and, and Valentine, you know, they're very proactive already talking about next season. You know, in cricket land, uh, a lot of clubs go to sleep for four, five, six months. Some some don't wake up till the middle of September. Um, and then it's sort of too late when it comes time to try and attract players because they've already signed elsewhere uh, to get sponsors. They've already committed that sponsorship money to other clubs or other teams. So it's it's great to see Valentine being very proactive. And it sounds like you know, the, the the rest period that Scott was talking about was about as long as ours, about three days. <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah, no, look, th- thank you very much, both Heath and Scott, for coming on. Um, and yeah, just onwards and upwards for Valentine Libana. That's what we plan on doing. We don't want to uh, rest on our laurels. We want to keep on going and pushing ahead and making it all about cricket because we love cricket at the end of the day. We are cricket tragics at the end of the day, but we, we love cricket. We want to share the love amongst others. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for coming on this evening. It's been an absolute privilege uh, talking to you. Good luck for the season and going ahead. Be great for everybody to start playing back at back at headquarters. That'll be wonderful. Um, sounds like a lot of wood work's being done there. And the clubs. Dan often speaks off air about where your clubs at and how how much respect he's got. So, and if it's if people like your ex, examples of what the clubs like, then the clubs going in the right direction clearly. So, thank you again so much for your time. And look forward to meeting you at some stage. And again, good luck in this season and upcoming seasons. Thanks for having us. Fantastic. On behalf of Dan, Heath and Scott, this is David Redden. You all take care. Look after yourself. It's now.